Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Christian Parenting Friends, welcome to the Monica Swanson podcast powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you'll be encouraged. Of certainty. I mean, that's one of the things that the science tells us is the brain would rather have the wrong answer than no answer at all. So let's say you had really confusing uh, circumstances that happened, you know, like, uh, you know, something, something happened where you're like, I, I don't, I don't know how these add up. Your brain will come up with something, anything to explain what happened, even if it's wrong, even if it doesn't have enough information to come to that conclusion, but it will feed it to you like it is gospel truth. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. So happy to be here with you. And of course, I record these a little bit in advance, but as I'm looking at my calendar, um, I'm realizing that not only did we just all celebrate Easter, I hope you had a great one, but as this episode comes out, it's my anniversary. And you know you've been married a long time when you have to stop and actually do the math. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure this is 27 years, which makes me feel so old and so grateful. But I am thrilled to get to share part of this day with all of you. So happy anniversary, happy April, happy Easter, and just thankful that you're all spending some time with me today. And you heard a short clip at the beginning from today's guest, who I love so much and I love this topic so much that you get two weeks of Megan Hyatt Miller. That's right. When I read uh, Mind Your Mindset, which is written by Michael Hyatt and his daughter, Megan Hyatt Miller, um, subtitled The Science That Shows Success Starts With Your Thinking. Uh, when I started reading it, I knew this was a topic I wanted to share with all of you. 
And then I realized that it was a two-parter because I really wanted to cover the main heart and idea and concept behind this. But then I wanted to get specific and really talk about parenting and how we can actually use this in our parenting and also teach our kids to mind their mindset. So if you've followed me for long, you know I love to geek out on neuroscience, on our thought life, and how much I love the fact that the Bible is in alignment with modern science on the brain and how God has taught us to take our thoughts captive, to really guard our heart and to choose our thoughts carefully. And I do believe that science is just now catching up with the Bible. So this is a topic I love to talk about. You'll hear me say more to Megan in this interview about that and also about how this has impacted my life personally, um, some of the areas that I've been really set free. Again, if you followed me for long, you know that it's affected um, my relationship with food and exercise and my body image. And I'm going to link in show notes to more on that topic in case you haven't been around for some of that. But I love it. I love this topic so much. So I'm going to get right into this interview with Megan Hyatt Miller. Uh, she's going to share a bit of her background. What I love is really this book is really probably most focused on business. So if you happen to be a business person, if you have a professional life, if you're married to somebody who does, this is going to be super helpful. But I am also so convinced that the stuff we're going to talk about applies across the board to every area of our life. And this is stuff I talked to Luke, my professional surfer son, about. This is stuff I talked to my college boys about. My husband and I love to geek out talking about brain science. And so I really want to encourage you to consider, maybe pray before you listen and ask God how this might apply to your life, your parenting, um, any work you do, relationships you have, ministry you're in. I just believe that this is so applicable to all areas of life. So I love that part of Megan's story is adoption and part of how she kind of discovered and got interested in brain science was through some of the challenges she went through with her adoption process. And so if that's part of your story or, you know, perhaps your kids have been through some kind of trauma or just a challenge, difficulty in life, which they all do at some point, right? But I think that this is going to really speak to you. And then also I encourage you to just consider other areas that this might apply to. And she's going to give just kind of a one-on-one on brain science. And what I say in here is I've read a lot of books about brain science. There's a lot of good stuff out there, especially right now. So I, I encourage you to get your hands on other good books as well. But I think that the way they talk about this makes it so simple and so understandable that it's a book I really highly recommend everyone reads. So I'll let Megan kind of give you the 101, tell you how this all works. And then um, next week, we're going to dive into parenting a little more specifically and how we might teach our kids some of these concepts as well. So I hope you love this nearly as much as I do. Uh, I love talking to Megan. I think you're going to enjoy her and just want to pause real quick to thank you. Thank you for being here. If this is an episode you love, I would sure appreciate if you would take a screenshot right there of your phone and maybe share it to your stories on social media. If you do, always be sure to tag me at Monica Swanson underscore on Instagram. And I love to reshare those and to say thank you. Okay, friends, thanks for being here. Uh, hope you enjoy this conversation. I'll have a few final words to say at the end, but without further ado, here's Megan Hyatt Miller and I talking about what it means to mind your mindset. I hope you're encouraged. Hey, Megan, welcome to the podcast. 
Hey, I'm so glad to be here with you, Monica. Thank you. I think that I'm going to win the award for the most excited interviewer to talk to you because I've been so <laughs> looking forward to this. And so we're going to do two parts to the show. Today, we're going to kind of dive in, uh, get an introduction, have you open up this topic to us, and then we're going to do a part two where we really focus in on how we can teach our kids this stuff and really unpack it as a family. So... I would say next to faith and family, this topic is like my favorite thing to talk about. So I could go on and on, but before we do, will you just introduce yourself to tell everyone a little about you and your family and what you do? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I am the CEO of Full Focus. We are a goal achievement company based just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and we help individuals and teams uh, to close the gap between where they are and where they want to be and to achieve a kind of holistic success that we call the double win, which means winning at work and succeeding at life. Mm. You know, we don't want people to uh, choose between their um, professional potential and their priorities outside of work. We want people to really win all all the way around. And so that's our passion. We do that through our focus planner, which is our 90 day uh, planner that helps connect annual goals to daily tasks and really go from goal setting to goal achievement. And then we also have a, an executive coaching program called business accelerator for small business owners, um, kind of in that one to $5 million range, um, really helping people learn how do I grow and scale my business at a high level, but while also bring up more time so that I have the margin I need mm. to care for my health and my most important relationships outside of work. And it's really rewarding because I get to watch our clients go through that transformation where they come in and they're overworking and not able to attend family events mm -hmm. or, you know, go to the kid's soccer game or date night for their anniversary mm -hmm. and then uh, discover a path to watching their business flourish and grow, but really being present mm. outside of work and taking care of themselves, which is pretty cool. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that's the professional side. I'm also married to my amazing husband, Joel. Um, we've been married 14 years, and uh, I walked into that marriage and got two kids in the process. So those are my first two kids. I have five now all together, um, ages 21 to three. And so our younger three are adopted, two from Uganda and one from Orlando. And that's been a big part of our journey and a big part of my motivation for um, this idea of the double win of winning at work and succeeding at life. And yeah. it, it's been a really fascinating journey and really rewarding. Wow. Yes. I'll tell you, when I first read your bio, I was like, oh my goodness, how does this woman do everything that she does? But clearly <laughs> you've figured out a way and I'm, no one can see you but me, but you look really refreshed and lovely and not like you're haggard and exhausted. So well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> totally. Well, a fun part of my story that you don't know is that 12 years ago when I first started um, just blogging, like I had no idea. I was a mom of four. My youngest was a baby. I had never done anything online. Like I didn't even know how to download photos. My husband did all that. Amazing. And so here I was suddenly with this urge to start blogging. And one of the first people I came across as far as like listening to podcasts and kind of just trying to figure out the online world was your dad. 
And so oh, wow. Michael Hyatt was a huge influence. I listened to every podcast for so long. And even oh, though that's amazing. It, yeah, it wasn't even directly related to the things I was talking about, I just loved his voice of wisdom and reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he really shaped my early years of doing what I do. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I'll pass that along. That will be meaningful. Please do. Yes. So that's so much fun. And I love that, you know, everything I talk about, family is my favorite thing in the world. And my recent book, Raising Amazing, was a family affair. My husband has a part in each chapter and my boys also each write in that book. But I love that you have this book that you partnered with your dad in. So I'm hearing from my good old friend, Michael Hyatt, as well as your voice. So that (laughs) is super fun. And maybe now you can jump in and tell us the backstory, how this book came to be. Yeah. Well, um, so we've just released our second book together called Mind Your Mindset. We also uh, wrote a book a little more than a year ago called When It Works and Succeed at Life about that work-life balance, double win idea that I was just talking about. But Mind Your Mindset um, you know, it's, it's all about the science of um, achievement and success. And really what we've discovered in the process is that so much of our success in life, not just professionally, but also personally, um, maybe mostly personally in some ways happens in our thinking. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of came to this, we, we both as co-authors have our own stories mm-hmm. of how we came to this world of mindset. But for me, um, there was one story about my own journey with overcoming a really debilitating fear of public speaking. But then the other part of it was my parenting journey. And I was uh, just talking to someone earlier today and I was saying, I think parenting is the best training ground for leadership that there is because there's so many transferable lessons and skills. Mm -hmm. And that certainly has been true for me. Um, But when my husband, Joel, and I adopted our middle boys from Uganda in 2011, like a lot of people that adopt, um, our hearts were totally in the right place and we were utterly ignorant Mm -hmm. and we didn't understand trauma. We didn't understand that children who are available for adoption by definition will have endured trauma that most of us can't even comprehend um, and that they will spend a lifetime healing from uh, those traumatic experiences, early experiences, and that uh, when the brain is insulted, as often referred to in the literature, at an early age, it's a steep hill to climb to um, to heal from that. And so we embarked on a journey of um, having to really shift our mindset and tell a very different story to ourselves about um, how to parent these boys, because we already had two children, as I said at the beginning, you know, I married into two children from my husband's first marriage. And, um, you know, we we thought we had some skills Mm -hmm. under our belt Mm -hmm. at that point. I mean, I think this is kind of true of most Mm -hmm. parenting, you know, individual children in the same family, I'm sure as you know, they can be very different from each other. What worked with one doesn't necessarily transfer to the next one. And that was sort of true in an exponential way, dealing with biological children, my husband's biological children, and then adopting because the strategies that we tried to use um, sort of exacerbated the experiences of fear and trauma and um, disconnection that our children who were adopted uh, were naturally given to given their early experiences. And so we uh, we ended up going to a conference in East Tennessee that was for social workers. It wasn't even for parents, but we heard about a woman named Karen Purvis out of Texas uh, her work is at TCU uh, there, and she's since passed away, unfortunately, but um, she really pioneered a lot of work for what she called children from hard places mm. and had a very different parenting philosophy for how parents can come alongside 
their children from hard places and help them heal. And so what I really learned uh, for one of the first times in my life consciously was that the, the paradigm that we had at the beginning of our parenting journey with our middle children who were adopted uh, was going to lead us to take certain actions as parents that ultimately were creating results we did not like. Mm-hmm. And those results were more fear, more mm-hmm. behavioral issues, uh, more you know anxiety and so forth on both the part of the kids and sure. on the part of the yeah. parents, actually. Um, and so when we were able to have access to a different story about what their behavior meant, it wasn't that they were bad kids who needed to be disciplined. It was that they were scared kids who needed to, to experience healing and to feel safe. That radically transformed the um, actions that we took, which really informed the ultimate results that we were able to get as parents in terms of of helping them to heal and have that productive parenting relationship. So not that it, it has all been smooth sailing sure. by any means, sure. but but had we stayed committed to the old paradigm, um, I think it would have been disastrous. Yeah. Wow. So this was a process. I mean, you started to learn. Absolutely. And then you started to dig in and this kind of turned you on to just this idea of neuroscience, understanding the brain. Yeah. Which then leads to everything else. Like it, you probably exactly. realized like, wow, this isn't just my parenting. This actually could transfer to everything. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I ended up, I I jokingly say I've homeschooled myself through a Mm -hmm. PhD in neuroscience and pediatric psychiatry and whatever else that would be related (laughs) to that as, as we do as parents, you know, when our children are in crisis or Mm -hmm. are facing some seemingly insurmountable challenge. I mean, we just go into that mama bear kind of mode and I just started reading, reading, reading and um, ended up in my, my brain research, ended up discovering, um, a, a therapy called neurofeedback mm-hmm. that helps to literally rewire the brain and create new neural pathways and train the brain to mimic healthier patterns, mm-hmm. um, which was revolutionary for us. And then ultimately ended up, uh, working with an attachment therapist in Ohio who, um, does a type of therapy called narrative therapy, mm-hmm. which is so interesting mm-hmm. as it parallels this book, yeah. um, where, which, as she says, you know, children who have gone through traumatic experiences, particularly those early separation from their biological family, often get the wrong feelings and the wrong interpretations on the events of their lives. Mm-hmm. And really, they personalize it. They think something was wrong with them. They think it's their fault. Sure. And anybody who's known children who um, went, you know, went through a divorce of their parents is familiar mm-hmm. with this concept. And as I started to think about this um, and, and continue to do research, I realized this is true for our children. And it's it, whether they have capital T trauma or they just experience sure. the normal challenges of life. It's also true for us as adults uh-huh. that the you know, there's what happens to us in my children's case, you know, their uh, inability to continue to live with their biological families. And then there's what your brain gives you to, to say about and try to make sense of what happened and particularly in moments of trauma or things that happened when we were young or other painful experiences, it's not exclusive to that, but certainly those are the ones that pop to mind. Um, the stories that we tell ourselves can be really disempowering and they cause our brain to start solving for, you know, if, if your interpretation of that event is, well, they, they didn't keep me because something was wrong with me in the case of children who are, are made available for adoption 
then all of a sudden you start looking for evidence for why that's true. And your whole life becomes the story of why you're not good enough, which then obviously leads to you experiencing failure and broken relationships and all kinds of things as, as you become older. And I think that's a, it's a dramatic example, but, but it's also a relatable example because that happens for us as adults, even people who didn't experience that trauma. And it, it really uh, controls the events of our life in so many ways. Okay. So good. I love that. And, and that's where I want to go next, but I want to pause here to say, whenever we talk about neuroscience, brain science, all these things, initially years ago, when I would, you know, read books about this, I, I had that like little red flag, like, wait, does this contradict the word of God? And what I love is yeah. that I feel like neuroscience is just catching up with the Bible. Like I love that there yes. are so many passages in scripture yes. talking about how important our thought life is. And, and I mean, mm -hmm. I've, I've spoken at women's retreats really focusing on the power of our thought life, because I am so convinced that as believers, yeah you know, we get ripped off just right there in the battlefield of our mind. And, and I'm thankful more and more people have written about this, Craig Groeschel and Jenny Allen and Kurt Thompson, you know, Dr. Yes, yes, there's so yes. many good things out there. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll even put a little list in show notes, you know, second Corinthians 10, five, talking about taking our thoughts captive, yes. uh, Romans yes. be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, there's so many good scriptures, Philippians four, eight, that I always remind my boys think on these things. Right. And so the yeah. power of our thought life is huge. And I love that there's nothing that contradicts God's word in all the things we're talking about. So I think yeah. that's really important to note. And I also think that sometimes we get ripped off as believers because we might think, you know, kind of let the, the, I don't know if it's the new age movement or what we would call it, but there's a lot of people that are really talking about the power of your thoughts or manifesting or something, something else. Yes. And I'm like, no, that's not what this is. God gave us a brain and it, he gave us the ability yes. to choose our thoughts. So I get really excited about that. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this conversation and now I want to pause to tell you we are on the countdown. If you're catching this in real time, we are just days away from the perfectly imperfect Christian Parenting Digital event. April 14th kicks off the Every Parent Wants to Know themed event where you've got the best lineup of speakers talking about all the things every parent wants to know. I'm in there talking about how we can help our kids grow up to be good friends, but there are also so many good speakers. And the good news is, though this whole event kicks off on the 14th, you have to the end of the year to catch all the speakers. So get your tickets now, and you can do that by going directly over to perfectlyimperfect.org forward slash Monica. Again, perfectlyimperfect.org forward slash Monica. I hope you can be a part of this. You won't regret it. It's going to be great. And now let's get back to our conversation with Megan. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I appreciate Monica, you bringing that up because I don't necessarily often get to talk about my faith in conversations like this. But one of the motivating reasons that we wanted to to write this book is because we saw so many books um, kind of in the the mainstream world that my, my word for the, the new age movement would be woo woo, oh, you sure. know, like that kind of woo woo, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever that means. And, and there's just so much emphasis on um, live your truth yes. and whatever, whatever you say is true is true. It's very uh, subjective. Mm -hmm. And what we discovered in the research for this book is that in fact, thoughts are lying to mm -hmm. us in a way, you know, that there is, and you could 
could have a lot of hypotheses for why that's uh, the case, including spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, from from my perspective, learning that, in fact, what feels true is not necessarily true. Not that we uh, can't have very valuable input input from our feelings and so mm-hmm. forth. But but there there is what happens and there's the facts, which could be observed in a police report or a medical report or something. And then there's what we say about what happens. And the more negative experiences we have in the past, the more likely our brain is going to use those experiences as the means by which it predicts the future, because that's what your brain wants to do. It's trying to keep you safe. It's trying mm-hmm. to keep you out of danger. Mm-hmm. And it, it's going to use your past experiences to inform, uh, you know, what its predictions are for the future. So if you've had really negative or traumatic or difficult experiences in your past, what feels very true to you, like in the case of, uh, you know, my example, children who've been available for adoption, the fact that there must be something wrong mm-hmm. with you, you're fundamentally defective, and that's why your parents mm-hmm. didn't or, or weren't able to keep you, couldn't be further from the truth. It's always about mm-hmm. the biological parents and what was going on in their mm-hmm. life, but but it feels true. And I think there's a real danger in that message of like, just trust your feelings, just yep. live you know, your truth, because sometimes that quote unquote truth is actually very destructive yes. and part of our work of discernment as Christians, as um people walking in faith is to do what we talk about in this book and actually interrogate, interrogate. the stories that our brain gives okay, us. Okay. So, you know? so let, let's dive into that. Can you kind of give us, yep. let's go neuroscience 101. There's just a couple yes. simple terms and steps that you use. And I'll say again, I've read a lot of books on this, but I think, and I know Mind Your Mindset is probably really a book for business people, right? I mean, that's that's the heart of it. But I'm going to say, I often find that I get the most out of books that aren't necessarily specifically about what I'm looking for. Yeah. So this, the language you use, the way you guys unpack this makes it so relatable. I'm making all my kids yeah. read this. This book is definitely a favorite read for me this year. I'm, I'm sure of it. By the end of the year, I'll still be saying that. So uh, why don't you unpack for us? Give us the couple steps that we need to understand to the narrator and all those yeah. things. Yeah. So there are basically three steps that we talk about in Mind Your Mindset to to really help you do just that, to actually take every thought captive. As you said, Monica, I think that's such a great um, way to think about it and put this in a spiritual context. Um, but the first one is to identify the story that you're telling yourself. And we talk in the book about this idea of the narrator. And if you ever felt like kind of this little voice in the back of your head, that's always, <laughs> totally. you know, giving you a hard time, or it's always, you know, making you feel fearful or something like that you do. Yes. And that's your brain. And it's really the job of the brain is to use the past experiences to that you've had to predict the future mm-hmm. in an effort to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. And really, like when we say safe, we don't mean existentially safe. We mean like, uh, you know, not dead, like, yes. like very basic, yes. you know, that's the the brain is um, not uh, hasn't necessarily kept up with how fast things have uh, <laughs> sure. grown over time in humanity. Yes. And so it's still a little bit stuck in the right. past. And and so as a result, um, it will give us these stories about, uh, you know, this is always how I am that I could never do that. Here's what's never going to be possible because of X, Y, and Z. Here's how they always are. And it really loves certainty. I mean, that's one of the things that the science tells us is the brain would rather have the wrong answer than no answer at all. So let's say you had really confusing 
uh, circumstances that happened, you know, like, uh, you know, something, something happened where you're like, I I don't, I don't know how these add up. Your brain will come up with something, anything to explain what happened, even if it's wrong, even if it doesn't have enough information to come to that conclusion, but it will feed it to you like it is gospel truth. Oh my goodness. And so can I hop in right there and say, I think my husband and I were talking about this before. Um, as I prepared for this interview, and he reminded me of how dangerous the internet can be because of this. Yes. Because people that want an yes. answer, whether it's about a, a medical diagnosis or a you know relationship yes. issue, the internet can be a really dangerous place to go, right? Because it's going to give us something 100%. that may not be true. Well, and that's where confirmation bias comes in. Your brain wants to think more of what it's already thinking. It doesn't like thinking new thoughts. It doesn't like uncertainty. It doesn't like not knowing. It likes to continue in that well-worn path. So we've all had that experience where we had a weird physical sensation and we go online, you know, like uh, WebMD or something like that. And we start searching and we're basically 15 minutes later convinced we're uh-huh. dying. I mean, it's like, yes, I, I, that's probably like three times a year I do that, you know, easily. And and I think that that's a good example. Um, and so this is where we have to be discerning and we need to go from identifying that story and understanding there's a difference between the facts that I could pull anybody off the street and they could look at yes. the situation and they would interpret yes. it the same way to there's a narrative or a story that gets layered on top of that to make sense of it, mm-hmm. which is kind of the connective tissue. And that's actually subjective. And so I like to do this on a whiteboard where one column, I write the facts, the other column, I write my story helps to get it outside of yourself. And you can kind of see the disparity between those two things. And then the next thing we want to do is interrogate the story. And at that point, we're trying to bring our brain along on this journey to say, hey, this fact and fiction, this this fact list and this story or stories that I've layered on top are not the same thing. And let's see if we can loosen those and just open our thinking to the reality that somebody else, you know, it, Monica, if you knew the, the circumstances of uh, the last week for me, you might have a different mm-hmm. interpretation than I did. Yes. And that that means that my interpretation isn't the only one yes. and there might be something else. So right. True. And that's a bit, I think that's a big that's idea. Yeah. And so from there, what what we're going to do after we've kind of gotten our brain to come along with us is we go to the final step, which is to imagine a better story. Mm. And the idea here is that normally when we don't like the way something's working, let's say our marriage is just not where we wish it was. We have a troubled relationship with one of our kids, which if you've been a parent long enough, going to happen with one of your kids, <laughs> you know, you're going to go through a rough spot um, or, or something else in your life, maybe something related to your health. If you're not having it go like you like, the tendency for all of us is just to jump into action. I need to try harder. I need to do this mm-hmm. thing differently. I need to, you know, whatever, get some, get some more input. And in fact, we need to go further upstream because the only way that we decide on the actions we take, again, because our brain wants to come up with actions that are congruent with the stories mm-hmm. we tell, is we have to be clear on what story we're telling and is it going to lead us to the actions that we want. Um, so if we have trouble with one of our kids and we just, you know, come up with a story that, you know, I've never met a kid that was more stubborn mm-hmm. than Joseph, you know, or something like that. Well, you're going to see that everywhere. Mm-hmm. If instead your story is, um, you know, Joseph is a leader in the making mm-hmm. and it's, it's my job to help, uh, you know, round off those rough edges. Now you're going to look for how can you help round off the edges, mm-hmm. but you're going to be standing for 
his potential. Mm. And, and so when you come up with um, another story, when you imagine a new story, it enables you to have access to a whole new set of actions that you could take, which ultimately are going to lead you to different results. So those are the three steps. Uh, first of all, identify your story. Mm. Second of all, interrogate your story. And third, imagine a new story. Wow. That is life-changing right there. And I, I love that when we imagine the new story again, we've already interrogated. So we're not d- dreamy. Yeah. We're not like making something up that we wish were true. No. We're actually right. able to imagine a story based on the facts that we've gathered. Well, I just love all this so much. And again, I just think it applies across the board to every area of our life. And many listeners have heard some of my story, my personal story of overcoming many years of really an obsession with food, diet, exercise, body image, all of that. And it was really after my second son was born. So we're going on almost 22 years now, uh, that I decided to just challenge some of my thoughts. I realized that my problem was deeper than the external behaviors. And so I started to challenge my thoughts and some of the things I believed about myself. And I just believe that God really helped me overcome such a huge obstacle in my life and be set free and just find a new way to live. And um, I'll link to that in show notes in case anyone listening hasn't heard my story, but really it was so transformational for me. And I just thank God still to this day that I discovered these tools when I did and began to understand things. And so, again, I think this applies to all areas of our life. So I would love for you to share a little bit more about how this has affected you personally in your professional life. I think you've got some great stories. I mentioned earlier that I had had an experience with public speaking where for two decades, I had a debilitating fear of public speaking, which now fast forward, (laughs) I'm a CEO, I speak, you know, like how... That was a real problem, you know, yes. and I, uh, it, it all began when I was in high school. I saw a friend who became overwhelmed with anxiety while giving a presentation and ran out of the presentation midway through. And I found her in the bathroom crying and unbeknownst to me, and this is often how it happened. My brain in an, in an effort to make sense of what I was seeing said, speaking is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And if you get up in front of people, you might lose control of your body and be humiliated, which sounded like pretty much my worst right. nightmare. And so I went through two decades of avoiding every opportunity to use my voice and my life became smaller and smaller. And, you know, looking back, I would say I was really suffering from anxiety, but I didn't have that language. And, um, I, I ended up getting to a place where even in like a small group context where you go around and you read a passage of a book or scripture, I couldn't even do that. I would pass to the next person and feel overwhelmed uh, physically. And so it, it came to a head. I'd become the CEO, of, not CEO, the COO of our company. And I had managed to uh, get by with nobody knowing this. <laughs> wow. It was a secret, what? secret shame secret fear. My husband was the only person Mm -hmm. who knew. And my team came to me and he said, it's the funniest thing. Uh, We just realized you've never keynoted for us before. And we're doing this big event. We're gonna have 800 people there and we want you to keynote. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my worst nightmare, you know, and uh, I reluctantly said yes. And um, then I found myself on a business trip coming home at the American Airlines gate in Chicago, crying, texting my friend, Michelle Kashat, who yes. became my speaking coach yes. and uh, saying, Michelle, like, I, I have to finally look this in the oh. face. I'm not willing to live a small story anymore. And that began a six week journey prior to this event of I hired an anxiety coach, hired Michelle. I had a life coach. I mean, I was like, bring it all, you know, whatever you got, I want it. I had medicine for my doctor just in case I needed it. 
and um, ended up giving a speech in front of 800 people, even though the day before I had a panic attack um, to, to 800 people. And it was fantastic. And I, I truly enjoyed it. And the reason is, is because for those six weeks, thanks to the, the help of the people that I worked with, I literally rewrote the story of my relationship to being on stage. Things like um, I have a voice and I have something to share and I deserve to take up space and I am made to connect with the audience. And there are people that need to hear what I have to, to share. And, and I, it wasn't like grandiose, like, you know, now I'm a TEDx speaker, you know, it wasn't <laughs> like that. It was, it was very honest um, and not too big of a jump, but that story I practiced every day and eventually it literally became true for me when I stood up on stage that day in front of 800 people. Wow. I love that story so much. And that's so encouraging. And again, I think that the parallels to all different areas of life are, they just go on and on. Okay. So we're going to wrap up this because I feel like we just gave a good uh, 101 here. Uh, I'm going to wrap up, let you tell people where they can find and follow you. And then we're going to hop back on for another episode where we're going to get real practical about parenting, how we as parents can challenge our mindset and a few tips on teaching our kids to do the same. So uh, where can people find and follow you if they want to jump online right now? Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited about that, by the way, because I have used this a lot with my Yay. kids and it's a powerful tool to add to the toolbox. And hey, we need all the tools we yes, can get, we right? Do. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so the best place for folks to find me and find out more about the book Mind Your Mindset is at mindyourmindsetbook.com slash Monica. And the reason you want to put that mindyourmindsetbook.com slash Monica is because we have some special gifts for your listeners, including a brand new course that my dad and I just filmed on the book with a bunch of exercises and application, a self-coaching tool that you can print out and work through those three steps in your own stories and then uh, download uh, the audio book. Wow. So make sure to just buy the book wherever, nice. um, you know, you like to buy your books, Amazon or Barnes and Noble or locally, and then take that receipt to mindyourmindsetbook.com slash Monica, and then you can get all those great gifts. That is so generous. I'm so excited to get to share all that. Thank you so much. Okay, well, can't wait to have you back on. I think this next conversation is going to be awesome too. So thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to continue. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got a little education, inspiration, learned a little more about Megan. And then be sure to come back next week when we get to dive in and talk more specifically about how we can apply this as parents and how we can teach our kids to mind their mindset. It's going to be so good. I love that Megan is offering some really great goodies over at mindyourmindsetbook.com forward slash Monica. Be sure to check those out. And of course, you can always find links to anything we talked about and show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. All right. Um, countdown to the big event coming up in just a couple days. So one more time, you can get your tickets to the Perfectly Imperfect Christian parenting event called Every Parent Wants to Know. You can do that at perfectlyimperfect.org forward slash Monica. Lots of forward slash Monica's today, right? Again, perfectlyimperfect.org forward slash Monica. I hope to see you there. Thanks again for hanging out with me. It is my favorite thing every week. So God bless you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.